Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to get into today. We'll uh, skim the surface right here. Uh, Let's start with Karine Jean-Pierre. Yeah, well, Peter Ducey from Fox News asked a deeply personal question to the White House press secretary about, well, more classified documents being found in Biden's house and the absolute cluster that this whole thing is becoming. Because she's been out there saying, yeah, it should be done now. Yeah. It shouldn't be any more. When you found out that the FBI had located even more classified materials in Wilmington. Which four-letter word did you use? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness, Peter. Um, (laughs) Oh, Peter. All of them? (laughs) I mean, that'd be... In order. I I really do think they've kept her in the dark. That's why last week when we were talking about this, I actually do feel bad for her because she's not good at her job anyway. But right. then, when they put her out there repeatedly saying, okay, but this is it. Okay, actually, they found more documents. Okay, but this is it. And mm-hmm. then they find more documents. Well, this is it. The president takes classified material. They are throwing her to the wolves, man. It sucks. I hate seeing that done to people. Well, that's what happens when you associate yourself with bad people. Well, that's, that's I have true. no sympathy for her. Yeah, She continues to go out there and do It's like it's Lucy's holding the football again. <laughs> I'm going to try to kick it again. Nope, sorry. I think more documents. I think we're one week away from spending more time with the family. <laughs> I mean, I would quit and protest, man. I'd hell be like, yes, I'm out. I'm I'd be done. like, up Bye. yours, Joe. What the hell? Gotta go. Don't you suppose, though, the deal is she's got to stay in that gig for so long to get to the next gig, which will yeah. be back at CNN or MSNBC, right. something like that, probably, I would guess. Yeah. Um, you know who else is bad at their job? Who's that? Uh, just real quick, Merrick Garland, AG, because he's not very good at delivering a message, and I've said this before, especially when he's asked a question. If he's got the prepared statement, he's still a little shaky, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But boy, if he's asked a question like, hey, what's the difference here with documents? Trump-Biden seems like two separate things, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, ensure that we adhere to the rule of law. These mean, among other things, that we do not have different rules for Democrats or Republicans, different rules for the powerful or the powerless, different rules for the rich or for the poor. We apply uh, the facts and the law in each case in a neutral, nonpartisan manner. Uh, that is what we uh, always do, and that is what we do in the uh, matters that you're referring to. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that follows this at all, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Just absolutely ridiculous. It's not even close to being the same. you got to call the White House doing his voice, though, and ask for Joe Biden. This <laughs> <laughs> is Merrick. Can I speak to the president, please? Uh, it, it shouldn't uh, take long. <laughs> Uh, beautiful. I'll have to practice that more. Yeah, it's okay. near, you're on it, though. Okay. Well, thanks. Um, well, Karine Jean-Pierre did have to answer some other questions yesterday. Yeah, well, because the White House's narrative on Joe Biden's classified document hoarding is falling apart every single day, and it looks like they were trying to cover this whole thing up. Uh, because the first batch of documents was found in early November, they didn't let the public know. 
Nope. In December, more documents were found. They didn't let the public know. Then when the story went public a little bit more than two weeks ago, they only acknowledged the discovery of the first batch of documents, even though they knew at least one other batch had been found, and then it snowballed from there. So if you're talking about how important transparency is to you, well, they've done a pretty crappy job of being transparent about this oh, issue. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, yes. again, Fox News' Peter Ducey asked the White House press secretary if Biden is involved in a cover-up. Okay. Is President Biden involved in a cover-up? We've been very clear here from this administration. The president has been very clear that um, he takes this very seriously when it comes to... <laughs> Here we go. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think the answer that people are looking for is no. But, yeah. hey, we've been clear here, uh, and he takes it seriously. Mm -hmm. When it comes to classified information, when it comes to classified documents, and that his team has been, um, has been fully cooperative uh, with this legal matter. Anything else, Peter? And this is, and I'm, I'm going to be very serious. You asked me kind of a question that everybody laughed at, which was... Interesting question to ask, but any other uh, any other underlying questions that you may have, I would refer you to my colleagues. Yes, not me. <laughs> yeah. Got to be somebody else. You they know, don't trust me with this stuff. They really don't. I know that's which, what I'm saying. Which I think is rather racist, sexist, and homophobic, if you ask me. The trifecta. What you think you just you you can't trust the black lesbian with what the actual information is, boy. The bigotry on display here from the Biden White House is stunning. It sure is to me. It's almost like they hired her just because she checked boxes, not because of her skills. <laughs> what? You believe that? Man. Pete Buttigieg Edge disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, and more on that, there's a lot more to get to with that stuff. But there's other stories out there. And there was another shooting in California. Yeah. Well, they've had now a couple of mass shootings in the last few days, actually three uh, uh, there was the one in Monterey Park, another in Half Moon Bay, another in Oakland, where one person was killed and seven people were shot. Uh, both, well, now the the two big ones, of course, were targeted according to law enforcement, not necessarily just spree killing or random or anything like that. There were connections that were there. Right. Um, obviously, though, uh, the conversation has turned to gun control, and again, obviously, California's strict gun control laws don't work. Because if these types of measures worked, then what we've seen in the last couple of days would not have happened. You know, one of their narratives, and I don't know if you've seen this, is that we've actually done a great job with this. And our numbers are way down compared to the national average. But uh -huh. even with laws as great as ours, mm -hmm. it doesn't protect everybody. Yeah, That's well, the narrative. Well, Gavin Newsom says it's time to double down. This is from Nora O'Donnell's report on CBS News. Okay. Nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating. I mean, the, the Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pact. But there's many people Whoa. in this Hold on, let's stop there for a second. Mm -hmm. This Second Amendment has become a suicide pact? Yeah. Now, he said this while walking with armed security. Yeah, he did. <laughs> which was an interesting twist. Yeah, that's funny. Mm -hmm. Okay, outside of the obvious, what does he mean by that? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think, not in the way he meant it, but in a certain sense, he's not completely wrong. 
Because the whole idea of the Second Amendment is to prevent a tyrannical government from taking over. The government, the federal government, was established to be sufficiently afraid of the population it oversees. Yes. That's it. So in some ways, not the way he intended it, but in some ways he's actually kind of right about it. But he's trying to go for the big, you know, gotcha, uh, 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 one-off, one-liner quote. And what's interesting is how quickly he gets knocked off balance because Nora O'Donnell actually pushes back. Yeah. Roll it. There's many people in this country that support the Second Amendment and our, and our lawful gun owners. Yeah, I have great respect. I have no ideological opposition to someone reasonably and responsibly owning firearms and getting background checks and being trained. But how did he get a gun that's illegal in the state of exactly. California? Exactly. We'll figure it out. That's going to happen. There's never gonna, you've got to enforce laws. Things fall through the cracks, but it doesn't mean you give up. Wow. No, we're okay, I saw I saw a different edited version of that interview. I hadn't heard that little piece of it yet. Yeah. This is this is why one of the first things aside from yes, it's garbage, it's left-wing garbage, him saying, "Oh yeah, I have no ideological opposition to the private ownership of gun that guns." That's that's nonsense. Of course he has an ideological opposition sure. to it. He's made that extremely clear over the years. But sort of aside from this, He's looked upon as sort of this rising star within the Democratic Party. Like if something happens with Joe Biden, maybe he gets the nomination. I will say this, man, watching that exchange, that dude will never get the Democratic Party nomination. Oh, I don't believe he can. The guy is a better is a more well-spoken version of Beto O'Rourke. He's just a better looking Beto. Yes. Well, and is this because... David, you and Scott both fell under Beto's spells early on. <laughs> so and said he was going to be the nominee. I, I made eye contact with him, and that did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay. I, I think there was a learning lesson involved in this. But, man, when you say something as incendiary as the Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact, and then with just a little bit of pushback, suddenly you walk all of it back? Right. Yes. He tries to be everything to everybody. Yes, and I, I think I think he'll go the way of maybe like a poop boot. Uh, there, I just pulled a nor, uh, uh, a, uh, Putin? A, a Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Did you call him Boot? Poot Buttigieg, like Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. He'll be like a Pete Buttigieg or or a Beto O'Rourke. I mean, the guy on the national stage. I don't believe for a second. Uh, can handle that white hot spotlight. Okay. Boot edge edge. <laughs> Thank edge, you, edge. Mr. President. Yes. They say edge edge. Yeah, boot edge. Okay. Um, the reason I would disagree a little is okay. He's a joke. We all know that. At the same time, if the party gets behind him, look at what a disaster Biden was. Yeah. If the party gets behind him, it's a different thing. And the one thing that Newsom, I think, has over Beto, Beto was a shouter. And that actually makes you look worse. Oh, he would all get yeah. oh, I will. Hell yes, I'll take your AR. All that sort of stuff. Newsom tries to be this sort of California cool sort of thing. And I think the reason he could win it, honestly, is from the women vote. 
Because I've seen ladies buy into his BS before mm-hmm. on the Democratic side. Like, really? You think there's substance there? Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, my goodness. It always floors me. <laughs> but they've believed sort of the left media narrative on that guy. Well, I just hope Nora O'Donnell enjoys her stay at Amager Island. <laughs> For asking a question? Yeah, you can't do that. They can't push back. No. no. Um, you know, if you follow football at all, <laughs> you see now that uh, many teams' season is now over, and especially after Dallas had a terrible weekend with their quarterback, Dak Prescott, there's you know talk of, well, a quarterback's got to go here. Maybe they could bring in this guy, or maybe it's that guy. Um, where's Tom Brady going to go? All this talk. And so every week, Jim Gray does this interview with Tom Brady, right? So he asked the question. Brady has said he wanted to take time, and it seems like Tom Brady got He's had enough of the question, it seems. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. <laughs> I appreciate your asking. Thank you. No, you don't appreciate him asking. <laughs> He's had enough. <laughs> Yikes. The guy's done. He's done. Okay? Wasn't throwing away your family enough? Retire with some dignity, man. Okay. Much more to get to. Uh, Seattle is running out of space to keep dead bodies. What? Do you know why? We'll get to that much more. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. For our friends in Seattle. Man, it's been a rough several years now. Yeah. And this story, man, it is just heartbreaking. Yeah, it's a sad situation. King County, Washington, where Seattle is, uh, saw over a thousand fatal overdoses. Uh, Fentanyl was the drug that killed most of the people on that list. And it's not slowing down at all. I mean, look, there's been at least one fatal fentanyl overdose every day this month. Yeah. I mean, it it is. And the thing about fentanyl, as we've talked about before, is that uh, a lot of people think they're doing something else. They think they're shooting up heroin. They think they're snorting cocaine. They think they're taking uh, some sort of prescription pill. And there's fentanyl in it. And it kills them. Yeah, it is. It could be taking some sort of downer, or it could be Adderall or something like that, and it's laced with fentanyl, and they're dead. Yeah. Uh, And then this is just jaw dropping. Seattle King County Public Health Director, Dr. Faisal Khan, put this crisis in extremely stark terms. A key indication of just how bad things are at the end of 2022 and likely to get worse in 2023, the medical examiner's office is now struggling with the issue of storing bodies because the fentanyl-related death toll continues to climb. Obviously, they have finite space in the coolers they use, and that space is now being exceeded on a regular basis. That is the story across the country, across all major metro areas, across all medical examiner's offices. You know, but boy, it doesn't seem like legacy media touches that near as much as they should. No. And we know why this is happening. Yes. We know why. The, how can this? I don't understand. I really don't understand. 
It could be stopped or at least slowed down. It could. But it, it, the refusal is unbelievable to me. Yes, I don't understand. They're breaking the law I don't by get allowing it. it. They talk about people dying. That's their big go-to all the time. People would die. People are dying. People are really dying here. Thousands yes. of people are dying. And we know, how it, we know where it comes from. We yes. know how it comes in. Yes. But we don't do anything. No. Because the people in charge want a Marxist future. God, this is frustrating. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Well, and that's part of destroying the country. And if you've got kids or grandkids, I mean, man, this has to be in the back of your mind all the time. Like you said, they, they don't know they're doing fentanyl a lot of times. They don't know it. No. Golly. It's evil, and, man. It's and, evil. And this is significantly different than some of the panics in the past about designer drugs and whatnot in yeah. the 90s and early 2000s, especially, where, you know, the warning was always, hey, somebody gives you a pill at a party, don't take it because you don't know what's in it because you could overdose or whatever. I mean, like this, though, is the absolute worst case scenario all over the country because fentanyl is extremely fatal has a higher fatality rate than any other designer drugs that were cooked up in people's basements in the 90s yeah comes from china up through the cartels through the southern border and it's a bunch of people that hate america and want you know want to cause a problem and then the powers that be won't do anything about it remarkable on a lighter note yes well, somewhat lighter for some people. This is maddening, actually. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Queen Bay, Beyonce, in the news. Um, you know, she performed uh, just the other day in the United Arab Emirates. It paid anywhere from twenty-four to thirty-five million to do this show. To do a show? Yes. Holy smokes! Yes. Um, but you understand. Um, Beyonce is huge in the LGBTQ plus alphabet group. Huge. They are not happy. They're, they don't understand it. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're very upset. Saying, how could you perform there? You know, it, that's punishable by death being gay in that country. How could you do that? 35 million reasons. Well, and you've got different leaders of publications saying, hey, if I already had 500 million, I don't think an additional 24 or 35 million would be enough to go perform. We're being gay is punishable by death. Yeah, she's lost it to some people Uh-oh. there. More on that later. A news update with Kareem Jean-Pierre next. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't have classified documents now hanging out in their garage? Mike Pence, former Vice President Mike Pence, apparently self-reported that he just happened. He calls up the Justice Department. Hi, it's, it's Mike. Uh, I just need to let you know I am very sorry, but... There are some uh, classified documents here, and I'm not really sure what to do with them. Um, oh, buddy. There's about a dozen classified documents that were in his home in Indiana. Okay. So there. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. There we go. Everybody's got them. It's all right. It's all good. Okay, so I'm trying to understand. We've heard in the last few weeks, man, there's classified documents all over the place. Mm-hmm. Tons of people got them, right? We, most of us don't know this. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Okay, because you could go back, well, what about Obama? And then before him, what about Bill Clinton? What about people, even Al Gore? Anybody going to come forward? So Pence comes forward. Not a great look, but I suppose it's better to come out yourself than for someone to know that you do have classified documents somewhere and has that on you. (laughs) I know. Barack Obama's over there like, this is exactly why I wanted all those people off of Martha's Vineyard. (laughs) Get those migrants out of my house. There's classified documents there. They planted them there, though. The the migrants did. It makes me want to go through my storage locker just to be sure. I'm pretty sure I don't have anything in there, but I don't know for 100% sure. Um, Okay, I'm thinking through this. I mean, just learning of this. I'm guessing that Trump would have known that Pence has something, possibly. Mm -hmm. We know Trump is running, and we've heard word that Pence is going to run. I don't think he's got a chance, but the word is he's going to run. Well, why does someone ask Pence if he's got some classified documents? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Might be wise to get out in front of that. You know? I don't know, man. Anytime you bring up Mike Pence, all I hear in my head is... We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. And I'll always love him for that. They haven't cut it yet. They're trying. They want to. They want to. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So more on that a little bit later. Um, We heard yesterday also... We know who to blame for increasing gas prices, and that would be House Republicans. That's yeah. what we're being told now. How yeah. is that? Yeah, the the White House uh, came out with a big lie yesterday. That the pre- that the, here's the press secretary, Corrine Jean Pierre, explaining this. Okay. As many of you are tracking, this week House Republicans will vote to raise gas prices on American families. The contrast in priorities could not be more stark. What? The president spent the last two years, as you know, doing everything he could to lower gas prices for American families. No, he didn't. And prices are down about $1.60 a gallon since last summer. Now, House Republicans are using their narrow majority to force the American people to pay higher gas prices just as big oil companies are amassing record profits. Okay, how is that? Well, obviously, this is not true. What she just said is not true. Uh, What House Republicans are talking about is a bill that would limit the president's authority to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's what I figured. Because Biden has been draining the reserve in order to try to win some political points. Uh, He doesn't understand what the reserve is for. Yeah. House Republicans say they want to force the president to come up with a plan to replenish the reserve before they just take from it, unless there's a genuine emergency, like a hurricane, like you know, World War Three, something like that, that right. were to cause a major disruption. Not bad uh, energy policy. Let's see, Joe, you don't have to worry about an election here for a little while. Yeah. Do the right thing. Because that's what it was all about before. Oh, my gosh, we got to do something about these gas prices. The reserve? How low is it? Who cares? We got to win. Yeah. So that makes sense. Are we still selling to China, too? Uh. 
again, I don't know. We don't find that stuff out until weeks or months after. That was that was a big deal for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, talking about our reserves to make sure it never never happens again. Yeah. You know. I mean, that was one of the things that was talked about. Okay, it's that time of the show. We're always looking at stories all over the place. This may not be the biggest one of the day, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? I don't know why. I'm not not just trying to, I don't know, take shots here at Donald Trump, but it always makes me laugh whenever there's a golf story and Donald Trump. Very proud of his uh, prowess on the links, okay? Yes, very much so. Including one time where apparently, what was it? He actually lost in a tournament at one of his clubs, but then claimed he won. And then when the guy who actually won confronted him about it, he says, okay, we'll be co-champions. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yes. He didn't it's well win. documented. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote on Truth Social that he'd won the senior club championship at Trump International Golf uh, Club in West Palm Beach. He says... Uh, it was a great honor. Uh, competed against many fine golfers, uh, golfers, and was hitting the ball long and straight. The reason that I announced this on Fabulous Truth, his social media platform, is that in a very real way, it serves as a physical exam, only much tougher. You need strength and stamina to win, and I have strength and stamina. Most others don't. You also need strength and stam- uh, stamina to govern. Oh, boy. Now, uh, the event took place on Saturday and Sunday, and Trump missed the first round because he was attending the funeral for uh, Diamond of the Diamond and Silk duo, who tragically passed away. Mm-hmm. So he missed half of it, didn't win it, but... Okay. Now, how did he pull off this victory, though? Apparently, he used the score from a round he played on Thursday and counted it in the place See. of the tournament's first round on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's these stories all the time. Golly. Just hilarious. Oh, man. I mean, you know, it's the old clip of... No, I love golf. And you know what that was referenced? Because we've used that clip over the years a lot. Does anyone remember where it came from? No. Yeah, he was, it, well, it, <laughs> going, go ahead. He was going after John Kasich. Yes, he was. <laughs> uh, he was doing a rally when he was running in 16. He's in Illinois... And I think Kasich was the the biggest person in his way at the time and told the story. Someone asked Kasich, I think we still have the audio. What do you think of what he said here? He said, honestly, I don't watch television except for one show. I only watch the Golf Channel. I said, what? <laughs> no, I love golf, but I don't get to watch the Golf Channel. <laughs> I don't want a guy that watches the Golf Channel and nothing else. He actually said, I only watch the Golf Channel. So look, look, here's the, here's the bottom line. <laughs> Guy's a loser. And then he went on from there. That's one of the classics, man. Oh, boy. I said, what? All right, Scott, what's your story today? Gosh, dang it. Well, uh, I guess there's no end to the madness that is Ron DeSantis. Uh, yesterday, Ron DeSantis said in a statement, the Florida school districts would be totally within their rights to start, and he uh, gives the thumbs up to confiscating students' cell phones during classes. Well, the firestorm has started. Okay, I hadn't heard this. Just talking uh, about if you need yeah. to, like, to keep things in line, you, yeah, you, you could do you that. You can't have the, the cell phones, okay? we got to put them in. A, you put them up when class is over, and you pick them up when class is over. Same thing. On and on and on it goes throughout the day, right? Right. Is, who's got a problem with that? Well, a lot of people do. This tweet over telling teachers they can take kids' phones away, that's creepy. 
I know too many people in Florida that have no clue what this guy's up to. He's maddening. <laughs> he gives me the creeps. Everything about this guy oozes untrustworthiness <laughs> and indeed depravity. That's that's not uncommon in public. No, school. I know it's not. Well, next thing you know, these Nazis are going to be asking kids not to chew gum in class. <laughs> How dare they! Now, if you want to change your gender, well, <laughs> the parents don't need to know about that, do they? Well, my story today is not a political story. It's one that I happen to see while looking at a political story, but it caught my attention out of the New York Post. And, you know, the headline, well, it said, I'm dating a 23-year-old woman who looks like an 8-year-old girl. Oh, I'm not a creep. What? What do you mean, geez? Uh, the, the the headline of the story is just yes. nuts. Well, I didn't know what it was in reference to. She does look like an eight-year-old girl. I sent you the story so you'd have some sort of reference. Oh, my gosh. Her name's Shauna Ray. Did you know she actually has a reality show on TLC? Yeah. And so at first, when you see the pictures of this dude who's 26, not sure how tall he is. I think he's just over six foot, maybe six two. Yeah, he's like buffed and ripped and everything. But she's under four feet. And so it it is this odd sort of looking couple, but if you understand the context, um, well, here's like the intro to the reality show. Season on I Am Shauna Ray. I want to go for that one. What are you doing? I'm Shauna Ray. It's my house, my goals. Gotta go slow. I'm just like any other 22-year-old. What? How is she 22? But there's one tiny difference. You're 21, right? I look like an eight-year-old child. Yeah. I was born with brain cancer and then went through rounds of chemo and because my pituitary gland was affected. Yeah, she was stuck at a certain height. So what are you saying, Scott, that she shouldn't be able to date a full-grown uh, man? See, don't get me involved in this. I, I don't. Well, your reaction. Well, I looked at the picture. It's just there, there's a creepy element that enters my mind, yes. That this guy is... Okay, I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure that <laughs> that that it's a perfectly normal relationship. There I, shouldn't be anything to look at here with the squeaky little voice of an eight-year-old girl and a girl who looks like an eight-year-old girl that's actually 23. I don't know what his intentions are. Oh, well, I don't either, but... But in the story, he said they met online the way I understand it and sort of had this bond. Yeah, he lives in the UK, I think, and um, then yeah, they met and they they hung out a few times, and yeah, I mean, I, I I'm with you, Scott. Like, it, you see the photo and the headline, and you're like, oh, yeah. geez, that's kind of weird. And then you read the details of the story, and you realize, well, they're actually pretty much the same age, and yeah, you know, just because she has a disability doesn't mean that she should like never have companionship. And if no. the other guy doesn't have a problem with it, then. Yeah, you're going to have a long time, if you have a long-term relationship, you're going to have a, a lot of opportunities to sort of explain yourself if you're making out at a bar. But Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but you know that signing up for this, and I, I don't think you're necessarily a creep. I don't think this guy is a creep. Well, I'm no. going to reserve judgment, I guess. I should. I mean, after all, I... Well, I'm going to talk to them both and let them know that if you keep on, it's going to make Scott uncomfortable. It does make can't, you, can't have that. That doesn't make you uncomfortable when you see that and you don't know the backstory. Of course it does. Well, sure it did.
Yes. But my whole point of bringing this up on the show is to have a little fun with you, Scott. There's a there's some sort of I think I don't know maybe not. No, See, I can't well, even say it. No. I don't want to say it. You're you already intimated. It's fetishy, it. kind of. Yes. I don't know that. Well, I don't either. But the first thing I thought is, what's your angle, dude? Are you trying to get attention? Is this something else? Well, the, but maybe it's really that he just fell in love with who she is. That's what he said. She's an incredible 23-year-old woman who has a disability. As soon as you say you can't have a real-world connection with someone else, you dehumanize her. She's a human being. She deserves to have relationships and connections with whoever she wants. I know. She Scott. Does. She does. I, I'll agree. Okay, fine. It's not the end of the world, but I just question motive sometimes. That's all. Yeah. Oh, nothing else. He probably just wanted to get on TV. Well, that's my fear. Yeah. Honestly. That he's for her. Like, her don't for... break that girl's heart, that woman's heart, because you are looking to elevate yourself. No, that's a strange. Has it, you, I take it neither one of you guys have seen this show. No. Okay. What, right. Where is it at? On cable? Uh, TLC, I TLC think it is. TLC has yes. it? What's yeah. it called? I got stuck at three foot ten inches. Yeah. I still can't see the road. We used a little booster. Trying Today to drive. Today I am taking my first driving lesson. We're going to go into traffic. We're going to go into traffic. Straight, straight, straight. I don't want to go out into traffic because I don't want to die. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, so I mean, just trying to overcome things. Yeah. At the very least, it would be interesting. I... I don't think they're they're taking advantage of her because she's sort of in on it. Well, she's you know an what I adult mean? woman. I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of fascinating to me. Okay, there's much more to get to. Um, now the New York Times even sees the madness of keeping parents in the dark as kids transition. That headline and much more next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. If you're like a lot of parents with younger kids, there's a fear of what is being taught in school and who are my kids around? Is there going to be some sort of influence to try to make them believe they're the wrong gender or something like that? I saw in the New York Post piece that said, even the New York Times sees the madness of keeping parents in the dark as kids transition. Apparently, the New York Times' Katie Baker reported um, that, of course, a lot of parents are upset. But not only that, um, bringing up the question of how schools should address gender identity cuts through the liberal and conservative divide. How? Quoted a therapist, a trans therapist at a school, saying that they found working with right-wing lawyers on this case because they believe more of what the right-wing lawyers are saying, that the parents should be brought in on this stuff, yeah. not kept a secret. I thought that was really interesting. You know, don't you have to get parental consent to take an aspirin? At some places. Yeah, I mean, I remember you that clearly. Something. Is it okay if your daughter takes an aspirin? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but if she wants to change her name and change clothes, they're going to hide it from you. That's fine. That's crazy. I know. We're insane times, but I'll uh, tell you. The author also said that they visited as a support group for mostly liberal parents in a school district who said they had been sidelined by their children's schools. Yeah. Some didn't think their teenagers were really transgender. Others thought it was just too soon to know for certain. Most of their kids had mental health conditions, such as bipolar disorder or autism. 
And so then they're wondering, okay, was my kid unduly influenced by their classmates to ask for hormone treatments and surgery? You don't know. What if teachers were encouraging students to see their families as unsafe? Yep. Because you wouldn't know. And were right-wing partisans their only sympathetic audience? Well, sometimes, maybe. Well, yeah, because... But it's, it's really something that the Times put that out. It's one of those things, until it happens to your kid, yep. it's easy for you to live in this bubble where you think, well, we're just gender-affirming. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. There may be other things I hadn't considered. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of pushback. There should be. I guess there was a lot of pushback on the M&Ms going woke, and they're, <laughs> they're halting that campaign, too. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Classified documents. Boy. And news, more news on classified documents today. Yeah, well, the former Vice President Mike Pence apparently had his lawyers look through the filing cabinet and found some classified documents there, too. Wow. Jeez. No idea what any of these classified documents are no. about. Well, the Biden, they're talking Ukraine, like top secret stuff. But no idea so far as to what Pence had at his place. No, but I will say, man, I feel the this absolute urgent need to go check my garage <laughs> i know right case. yeah or otherwise i mean i i don't know i'm uh, there's another part of me that feels left out like the only guy in america who doesn't have classified documents floating around <laughs> we need classified document equity in this country <laughs> can, I, can i buy those online <laughs> I, I know a guy named hunter maybe yeah, yeah. You never know um but as this goes on i would say this about the pen situation as far as I can tell, what we know so far is, I'm guessing it was much like the feeling you had, only for real, that Pence like, do I have classified documents? It could be. Or someone close to him. And, well, I better get out in front of this. Who knows? Because that whole narrative about how Biden and the White House have been fully transparent and cooperative yeah. this whole time, when it comes to these documents, they're going about it the right way. Yeah, but, but they well, Andrew been. McCarthy at National Review has written a lot about it, um, did an interview with Daily Wire about it, and it's hard for me to follow, but he made it pretty easy, at least in my opinion, because at first it's like, well, did Biden discover it? No, his lawyers. Right. And then they went to the DOJ? No, they didn't. Uh, they went to the archives. You're like, okay, how does this work? Here's, here's McCarthy talking about how it's different. Um than what the Biden folks are saying. What they would have you believe is that they self-reported. And what actually happened was on November 2nd, Biden's private lawyers, when they found this batch of classified documents, some of which reportedly were at the highest level, top secret, sensitive, compartmented information, they didn't notify the Justice Department. They notified the Biden White House. In turn, what they ended up doing was notifying 
not the Justice Department or the FBI, but the National Archives. It's not a law enforcement agency. It doesn't have any law enforcement authority. And the political leadership of the organization has uh, worked pretty closely with Biden, particularly in connection with the Trump business, the the, uh, Trump documents. So they let him know. So how does the Justice Department find out about the documents? It's not even from the political leadership of the National Archives. They are told by the inspector general of the National Archives. Okay, so let's stop there for a second. (laughs) And you're laughing, David. So I think, and we could be wrong, but we all think there's someone on the inside that knows about this, and they're trying to give Joe the message he can't run in 24. And that might not be it, but I think we still all tend to think that. So is this just all part of the plan? As far as how this rolled down? Well, no, I think there was a cover-up. I think that's the whole thing, is they they really didn't take it all that seriously. They thought, well, no one's ever going to know about it. Let's talk to the National Archives. Let's get this thing swept under the rug. And then somebody, well, if if McCarthy is right, and it was uh, the Inspector General for the Mm -hmm. National Archives, who is supposed to be a nonpartisan actor, is the one who says, whoa, 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 we can't just, like, file these things like they were always there. No, we have to let people know. And so I, I don't, to me, it suggests that this actually was an effort by not only Biden's personal lawyers, but people working within the White House to sort of quietly handle this without ever getting law enforcement involved. We got political friends over there, the archives. Yeah. That'll help us out. And then somebody is saying, no, wait a second. Yeah. So in the end, this is what McCarthy says. About the classified documents. So it's not by Biden. It's not by the Biden White House, not even by the leadership of uh, NARA. So it's simply not true that either Biden, Biden's private counsel, or the White House self-reported in the sense of letting law enforcement know that this had happened. Well, we're, we've been clear on this from the beginning. Okay, we take it serious. Uh, it doesn't seem to be so. Not at all. No. Because isn't that Kareem Jean-Pierre? He takes it serious. Well, yeah, they're they're getting more and more pushback now with that when it, when it comes to that go-to line for Joe Biden's classified documents hoarding. Because uh, obviously, demonstrably, he does not actually take this very seriously. <laughs> Even if it was an innocent mistake. Let's, let's take any accusation of cover-up. Let, okay. Innocent mistake. Oh, my gosh, I have top-secret material from my time as vice president at my, at my think tank. And then some stuff from my Senate, my in you know terms in my house, and other stuff from the vice presidency in my garage. Okay, say it's an innocent mistake, right? Obviously, he really didn't care about it. He didn't take it very seriously, right? Because if he did, you'd be telling the people handling your your boxes and files and whatnot, hey, make sure that I'm allowed to keep all this stuff. Well, anyway, here's a great exchange from uh, one reporter in the White House press secretary, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. He takes this very seriously. That's what I want to make sure that the American people understand. And I just refer to people might question that, given that you keep every, I mean, every few days, it seems we are finding that more documents have been found at his house. What I'm telling you is what the president has said, which is he takes this very seriously. (laughs) Can you tell us what he doesn't take seriously? Because that's got to be a real debacle. Well, what's she supposed to say? I know. He's flipping about it. He doesn't give a fat frog's fanny about those documents. (laughs) Next. I mean, of course he does. That's the only answer there. It's the only one available. Uh, Okay. More on that a little bit later.
Um, Okay, I see a headline, and I'm like, this can't be. Did somebody suggest that gas prices were racist? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the White House is trying to blame House Republicans for rising gas prices while crediting Joe Biden for lowering gas prices and also saying that the president has no ability to do anything with gas prices. Yeah, try to wrap your head around that, because apparently there is no magic lever to pull that adjusts the uh, price of gas unless Republicans control the House of Representatives. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, but of course, the real problem with gas prices is racism, at least according to White House reporter April Ryan. Uh, biggest racist <laughs> yeah. plan. Yeah. Yes. She asked the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, why urban areas with high <laughs> minority. With, 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 I'm sorry, man. I know. April Ryan's the best. Yeah. Why, why keep is in mind, it? When she asks this question, when she asks this question, there are probably 30 reporters in there. One has a mask on. April Ryan, of course. <laughs> so she asked the question, why urban areas with high minority populations haven't gotten a break? And I do want to say the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, actually told the truth. Yes. But it wasn't good oh. enough. Okay. Could you explain why there was such a difference in communities with gas prices in one community versus the other? Yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely differences in terms of infrastructure across the country. When refineries go down in regions, then the prices go up in those regions much more than they would um, nationwide. So a lot of it depends on local infrastructure. Urban areas because there was still a big pinch in urban areas with these gas prices when the outlying <coughs> communities, particularly uh, majority white communities, were seeing the drop to three dollars, and many of these urban areas were seeing four and five dollar gas prices. Yeah. Could you speak to that? Yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, white people, uh, y'all were getting a, a super secret Biden discount on gas. <laughs> But it, but Jennifer Granholm told the truth. Yes, there's a difference in infrastructure. And like if you take the West Coast, for example, mm-hmm. uh, when you have two refineries out of whatever it was, 10 or 11, go down, well, that's a problem. That's going to increase the cost of gas because of basic economics. You don't, it costs more to ship gas from elsewhere into that region. And therefore, that adds extra cost to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not about urban versus rural it's about where you live and what kind of regulations on refining i mean california for example has put so many regulations on oil companies who want to refine their products that it's made it untenable to do business there and a lot of major companies are not investing any anymore which is why on the west coast you're going to have higher gas prices than say texas yes well And just to dovetail on that for a second, totally different story, but it was out of the Wall Street Journal. Um, I just read it earlier today, and I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, you know, try to succinctly tell you what it's talking about. So, you know, Biden has all these subsidies for going green. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got all these companies all about green energy. Where are they going to locate? Where are they going to build? Well, it's a bunch of red states. You know why? Cheaper to do business there. No, because they're racist, David. What? Oh well. No, sure. I'm joking. That was a joke. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, because it's easier to do business there. Because they're in business to do what? Make money. Yes. And so it, it's funny, and you never know exactly the tone of the person writing the story. And I could be taking this out of context. It seemed like the writer's almost saying, hey, they're actually going to put these companies in states where voters didn't vote for this. 
It's not in the states where people really want the green energy. Well, they live in places where you can't do business. Right. And in the end, the business people couldn't give a flip. No, they don't care. About the green stuff. No. They know it's a hoax. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tesla relocates to the state of Texas. And you know what Governor Abbott says? Hell yeah, brother. Come on in. Right. Because that means jobs. And if we're going to do it, yeah. And then it's like, and these states welcome them in. Yes. Well, really? <laughs> yes, because they want the business. It's jobs for people. It's it's not that hard to figure out. How does he? How do economics work? I don't really understand. <laughs> Wait, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just think if their political ideology aligns with that ideology, then they should be there. Well, it, they don't, don't look you, at the dollars and cents, bottom line of it all. They don't care about that. Don't you feel like a lot of people coming out of college would be offended by that? Hey, you're you're supposed to take the green jobs where the green states are, the blue ones. Yeah. No, that's not the way it works. No. Sorry what you were fed those four years, but that's not the way the real world works. Well, the other thing is, is that I don't really know any conservative who's anti-green energy. It's it's more like anti-unrealistic green energy goals. Right. Yes. That will make energy more expensive, that will not be as efficient, and will kill a lot of jobs. It's like, I don't know anybody who actively just completely hates the idea of an electric car it's more like it's not affordable and it doesn't do what i need it to do if it was all the same price would you buy an electric car no not today because of the cost in the future if it well, was the no same. place where I, I, yeah. where I live i'd have to drive seven to ten miles every time i needed to fill up unless you had it at home to plug yeah. well yeah I, yeah. I could run a cord down from my 10th floor apartment, yeah. I think my, my <laughs> wife doesn't drive that much, and so if it were the same cost as the Jeep that she currently has, I think we probably would get one. It's just not the, it's not economically feasible. It's a stupid until right? it, it's a Until money it pay. trickles down into the used car market, too. Yeah. I think that would be a big gain for it eventually. Well, the latest news is, you know, Tesla lowered the prices, and so the other automakers with electric cars are past. Hey! Making this very difficult on us. Yeah, that's also business. Okay. <laughs> the institutional hostage crisis. This was a great piece. We'll share it with you next. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. And there's so much going on. You know what we have to get to? He's coming up in a bit. Dwayne Maxwell thinks Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. Gee whiz, really? I believe that he was uh, murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more on that. We'll dive into that in the next half hour. Um, I saw this story out of the Wall Street Journal talking about juvenile crime, how it has surged since 2020. There had been a long decline in juvenile crime. But, man, it spiked in 2020, and it's getting worse. Any ideas what's happened? David, Scott? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's a lot. But, one, mm -hmm. every social structure, especially among at-risk communities and dense urban areas, went away because of COVID. Because and a bunch of liberals decided we right. had to shut down the schools for indefinitely. So in places like Chicago... 
You had a lot of young kids who already were starting off life with an O2 count mm-hmm. who are now had nowhere to be. Well, progressive DAs and uh, anti-police rhetoric all plays into it. You know, when there's a story written like this, sometimes the person that's writing the piece is going to tell a story of like one person or a group of people mm-hmm. that this is really affected. It's sad. I'm telling you that. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Yep. Oh, all right. This is the way it starts. A 13-year-old boy ran through the Bronx streets one May afternoon last year, chased by two teens on a scooter. Surveillance video showed him frantically trying to open the doors of an assisted living facility. The scooter peeled onto the sidewalk and sped toward him. A 15-year-old boy riding on the back pointed a handgun and fired multiple times. Man, oh, man. Um, You've got a kid ending up dying there. And you've got more and more kids dying all the time in these big cities. Yep. It says Kahara, uh, Kahara was one of 153 victims in New York City under the age yeah. of 18, shot in 2022. The most in at least six years and more than the 127 total minors shot in 2018 and 2019 combined. Man, oh man. Um and it talks about some of these stories. This one girl, it was a ricochet bullet off of the sidewalk, right in the stomach, and she died. Yeah. This stuff, it's happening all the time. And it doesn't seem like common sense ways to do something about the problem are being implemented. Yeah. Because they're deemed as racist. It's maddening to see. But it's it's hard to do anything when the people in charge in these places don't, no, don't really want any to do anything. No. Yeah. Um, speaking of kids, totally switching gears. As a parent, kid has a birthday party. What are you going to do? Because you got competition with the other kids and their birthday parties. Yeah. Do you just set the rules and say we're only going to do this a certain way? We're only going to spend this much and only this many people. Mm-hmm. Some parents feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. So people were asked, "Well, what's what's the average?" Money-wise? Just as far as presents, money, uh, number of guests. Well, the number of presents, the average would be nine presents, 16 guests, three hours of celebration. Mm Mm-hmm. Three hours? Yes. Well, And kids expect their favorite food, and uh, also you got to get goodie bags for all the kids that are coming. (laughs) Dream on, kids. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Uh, man, I can't wait for these kids to get older, David. Your kids. <laughs> um, biggest story of the day so far. Uh, biggest story of the day is the uh, never-ending, uh, I guess, shifting of the narrative when it comes to Biden's documents hoarding. And then it comes out today that Vice President or former Vice President Mike Pence also found about a dozen uh, classified documents found in his home. Well... Now, it, it didn't have to go, like, to the archives, and it didn't have to go 100 places, right? He just went right to the people. Yeah, he just he said, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, they found some okay. during a search of my house. All right. <laughs> Everybody better go searching right now. Yeah, he's just thinking the same thing, yeah. Yeah, all right, news update straight ahead right here.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, he's the millennial. I'm the sexy boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Okay, tell me what you think if I tell you there was an update from Alex Berenson, who has wrote a whole lot mm-hmm. about COVID, about the vaccines. You know, he got booted from Twitter. Yeah. Reinstated. Turns out a lot of the things he wrote about was right. Yes. Um, he's talking right now about deaths in England um, as the mortality crisis continues, he says. And, wow. It says, in highly mRNA-vaccinated countries, the death surge continues. Meanwhile, less vaccinated countries are reporting normal or below-normal mortality rates. Um, this came from the British government this morning. The Office of National Statistics said it had registered 17,381 deaths in England and Wales in the week ending Friday, January 13th. That figure is about 20% more than the five-year average and 30% more than longer-term averages for the year's second week. Okay, doesn't, I think he goes on to write, this doesn't prove anything. It's just odd. Um, only about 650 of those deaths had COVID as an underlying cause. So most of the excess was not related to COVID. British data confirms recent trends all over Western Europe, including the Netherlands and Switzerland, that wealthy countries that relied on the COVID shots and boosters had non-COVID deaths well above normal in 2022. But it's uh, worsened in recent weeks. So Europe will probably report more excess deaths in 2022 than either 2020 before COVID vaccines were available or 2021 before boosters began in earnest. And of course, again, he says no connection has been proven. But in contrast, South Africa and Bulgaria, two middle income countries with most and much lower levels of COVID vaccinations have reported normal or below normal deaths for recent months. What do you make of that? What's your gut reaction to that? Uh, I don't grain I, of salt. Yeah, yeah, grain of salt with him. Honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with him being banned from Twitter. I thought that was remarkably stupid on the part of Twitter. Yeah, and any government official who was involved in that should resign in disgrace. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he has passed along a lot of bad data. And I mean, that, it's that's, hard to know who to trust in fact. any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, a couple of weeks ago, the dude shared some article about how excess mortalities uh, went, related to COVID actually went down in countries with boosters or who had rolled out more boosters or whatever. And he got it wrong and thought it was the other way around. And that's what I mean, I mean that that's the thing. It, there's sloppy work that he does, and there's a whole lot of other things that you can look at uh, when it comes to excess mortality. I just want the truth. I don't know. Me what, too, you man. Know, that's I, it. I'm not. I'm not. You know, saying well, follow this person. They got yeah. it. They know what's going on. Well, try to understand what the agenda is, what the underlying agenda is for coming up with these hypotheses. I mean, there's got to be a reason why, right? I have no idea. You're getting into mind reading. But, but I mean, yeah. is anybody absolutely with, without any sort of underlying, you know, financial interest or gain of some kind? Yeah, and with based some on people, what they say, I just have a hard time believing anybody. That's where I'm at. Yeah, because if you know, I mean, that guy put his career on it. Yeah, the way he was getting canceled everywhere. So the stakes are much higher. 
you know, and you're almost trying to prove your point. I'm not saying that's the case, but if I was in his shoes, I could understand you feeling that way. But I mean, I'll also tell you when he releases a statement, I want to see what he's got to say. Oh yeah, because he has been at least, as far as I can tell, he's been more right than wrong. And I'll listen to him when he talks. Yes. Um, but out of anybody anymore, I mean, there are some people I would definitely say in the media sphere that I would trust more than others. But it a lot of times is a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, you know, and with the UK in particular, you have a a really unique set of circumstances. You have a socialized healthcare system that's collapsing. Like in real time, every day, it's collapsing. You mm-hmm. have people quitting their jobs, so people have to wait longer. Then when you factor in lockdowns that happen, and this is something we talked about almost three years ago, you know, when non-essential procedures and checkups and all that kind of stuff were canceled, yes. you're seeing the fruits of that bear out right now with increased cancer rates, with all sorts of other maladies that, that could have been otherwise handled had it not been for the insane lockdown cultures, especially prevalent in the U.K., Again, you pile that on on top of a collapsing healthcare system, bad things are going to happen. Well, not only that, man, but you know, part of you could think, well, if you're the healthcare system, you would want them to know, hey, this had nothing to do with anything with the vaccines, okay? It's because well, they they didn't get their checkups and they got cancer. Well, I guess we don't want to put that out there either. <laughs> There's nothing that they'd want to put out there. No. But again, man, it is just trying to seek the truth on it more than anything else. I would say that's still the case with Jeffrey Epstein. Every once in a while, one of us will bring this up. Like, you know, this is just forgotten about now. This guy that absolutely didn't kill himself a few years ago, although he had all this dirt on all these big names and supposedly video of people. That's how he blackmailed them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was just odd, his death and what we either did or didn't know about it. And now, Elaine Maxwell, who is doing prison time, even though we don't know any of the people that she trafficked young girls to. Right. Again, the, the first person in history to go to prison for trafficking minors to no one. Yeah, we don't know who she trafficked them to. This is really odd. Um, but she's doing an interview from jail. And is asked about Jeffrey Epstein. And she seems to not believe that he killed himself. I believe that he was uh, murdered. Well, I was shocked. And I wondered how it had happened. Because um, as far as I was concerned, he was going to... I was sure he was going to appeal. You are sure he was going to appeal? She was shocked. And I was sure that he was covered under the non-prosecution agreement. But I wasn't in the indictment. That's odd to me. This part. Non-prosecution agreement. Non-prosecution agreement. Yeah, that's... Because he had that, uh, when he got that sweetheart deal from the uh, Justice Department several years ago when he first was convicted. So she's not talking about what he was in jail for this time or when he killed himself. Yeah, I think. And there had also been, I guess it was also a settlement that he had made. So in exchange for his testimony or something, they were saying, okay, this is about a civil case, not a criminal case. So if you open it up, then uh, uh, so if you testify here, we're not going to hold that against you. The same thing that actually got Bill Cosby sprung from prison. Okay. All right. 
Well, Tucker Carlson had seen that last night. So he brought back on that doctor that he had talked to a few years ago. If you remember that guy, Dr. Michael Bowden, Bowden, yeah, yeah. Um, who was there at the autopsy. You forget this stuff. There's so much news flying at you all the time. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is right. This is crazy that we really don't know any more about this. But as a refresher, this is what he said last night, because I think the question was, what do we know about Jeffrey Epstein's death? <clears throat> I was present at the autopsy, and there were... Uh three fractures in the windpipe uh, that are much more typical of crush injury from homicidal strangulation than from hanging. There were particular hemorrhages in the eyes, again, more uh, typical of uh, uh, homicide. And uh, the ligature imprint on the neck didn't match the uh, ligature that was present in the cell made from a sheet. Uh, so I thought, that- David, at the time, did you buy all of that? What he was saying? Yeah. Well, when they brought up the hyoid bone uh, yeah. breaking, when that little bone breaks, it's usually not from uh, hanging from a from a bedpost or something like that, because it does take a certain amount of force to actually break it, um, which which usually suggests there was some sort of struggle, a physical struggle and altercation, and somebody forcefully pulling back on whatever was used to strangle him, and then. <laughs> it's almost like it's this reminder you didn't forget it that the guards fell asleep yeah and the surveillance what? And he, yes and, and he the, talks about this it's crazy uh so i thought that uh made it more likely uh, that this was a homicide than a suicide uh but we never got to to find out how the body was found was he found hanging or not for example because the two, the two guards were sleeping through that time. He was dead for a few hours before he was found. And uh, the uh, two guards never made a statement that, I, uh, that was released as to how the body was found. The body was just cut down and brought out to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. And to your point, David, the surveillance cameras. Yeah, they went out. <laughs> what? Just at that time. How does that happen? When the guards were taking a nap. This is like some really bad B-grade movie where they chloroform the guards and then they go in and spray paint the cameras or shut them off. And, you know, I mean, it's... And we'll never... It's insane. We'll never really hear the, no. the full answers from the person who, who killed him because she actually passed away. It was Queen Elizabeth the second. Oh, see, I yeah, the queen of England. somebody else. I just love solving problems. Ah, yeah, well, she doesn't have that problem. kind of <laughs> I just paid for it. I don't know. What do I know? Okay, uh, so all these different things, you don't know what to believe. How about Ukraine? Do you know what to believe there? No. <laughs> Remember, that we knew this for a long time. They were one of the most corrupt countries in yeah. the entire world for years. You saying there's still corruption? Uh, yeah. Well, I want to I want to set the table in this way, though. Remember late last year when Republicans wanted to do an audit of all the cash we've given to Ukraine? Yeah. How Democrats said that was irresponsible, like this from Representative Jerry Connolly. Okay. Right now we're in the middle of a war, and they're sacrificing their lives for it. The least they can expect from us is that we will help them in that effort. So. I'm all for transparency and accountability, but not in this resolution, yeah. not yep. now, well, not with this message. Okay. See, but several officials in Ukraine have just resigned over corruption allegations. You've got what? five regional governors, four deputy ministers, many involved 
uh, in heavy fighting with Russia. They've been pushed out. A deputy defense minister, two deputy ministers of development of communities and territories, and a deputy minister of social policy have resigned as well. Oh, the dude who was in charge of logistical support for the army is also gone because he was signing food contracts at inflated prices to make a little bit. Like, you're talking like three times what the cost of the food actually was. And he's distributing it. One of the president's uh, top aides resigned. He was using a car that had been donated for humanitarian purposes. Uh, and another guy used public money to vacation in Spain. He's gone too. And There's a lot of openings there. The Ukrainian Go to deputy, careerbuilder.com. The Ukrainian Deputy Minister of Development of Infrastructure was fired over the weekend following his arrest on suspicion of embezzlement. Holy cow! So, hey, you know, maybe we need to have that little audit of where our stuff is going. Because it sure as hell seems like a whole lot of people in Ukraine are making a lot of money. And we should not even be surprised. We really shouldn't. Gosh dang! Wow, man. Okay, good update. Um, Everybody ready for non-citizens to vote? No. Vermont Supreme Court says, yeah, let's have it. We'll get to that and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, we got the news today that uh, Mike Pence, former vice president, uh, has self-reported that he had some uh, classified documents stashed away at his home in Indiana. About a dozen, they say. So Mm -hmm. he says, you know, hey, we're cooperating with Justice Department, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. Donald Trump has weighed in on this. And he is, at this point, sticking by Mike Pence. Says Mike, oh, that's nice. He said, quote, Mike Pence is an innocent man. He never did anything knowingly dishonest in his life. Leave him alone. Three ex- exclamation points. There you go. Three exclamation <laughs> points. That's well, that means he's serious. He's taking this yeah. seriously. Two, yeah. is, two is a lot, but three, well, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I think that was good of Trump to do. Leave that's a good look Mike for him. Mike Pence alone. What, are you going to substitute his Brady line? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Leave Tom Brady alone. <laughs> yeah. Leave Mike, Mike Pence alone. alone. Yes. See what's going on in Vermont? The Supreme Court ruled in favor of a law permitting non-citizens to vote in local municipal elections. Now, that doesn't make any sense. That what doesn't you, make any sense. What do you mean? Non-citizens can vote. Yeah. Yeah, 2021, the state legislature backed bills to change the local charters of um, Peeler and Winooski to permit non-citizen voting in local elections. So then the Republican governor, Phil Scott, vetoed those measures. Oh, yeah. The Democratic legislature overrode his objections. So, yeah. Seeing the statute allowing non-citizens to vote. In local elections does not violate Chapter 242 because that constitutional provision does not apply to local elections. Uh-huh. So now you have Democrats in other states that are looking at that. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
saying, hey, maybe we can get some non-citizen voting at our places, too. Yeah, because keep in mind, they're not talking about people here illegally. You're talking about people who are legally allowed to live here, but they are just not citizens. Mm -hmm. Now, you trace that back to what the White House's plan is to deal with the border crisis, and that is to recategorize how illegal immigrants are viewed by the federal government by opening up the asylum process and saying more people actually technically uh, uh, meet the criteria for this. So on the stat sheet, there are fewer illegals actually coming in, and they are legal non-citizens. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's the way it just changed yeah. what the meaning of words are. Now, now all of a sudden, uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is going to be like, what are you talking about? I never said we should shut down the border. What are you talking about? Come on. Bring, Come on. Sanctuary City. Come on. Yeah. Can you run for office if you're here illegally? Well, no. I mean, not right now. No. Well, they could change that charter, too, couldn't they? I mean, you get free stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, we could give you some substitute title if that makes you feel better. I'm illegal, too. Vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. And another news update, David Van Camp. I'm sorry, man. I'm just don't have to dwell on this here, but uh, so the Oscar nominations have come out, and mm-hmm. one of the people who was nominated was in the movie what's it called Everything Everywhere All at Once. I know a lot of people love that movie. A lot of people hate that movie, and it goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Michelle Yeoh, I, I I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her name, and I apologize for that. Uh, but she has been nominated for Best Actress for her role in that movie. Okay. Hollywood Reporter writes, She has made history as the first person who identifies as Asian to ever be nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars. She is from Malaysia. She does She's, not identify as Asian. Right. She literally is Asian. Okay. What the what does that even mean? Woke really is a mind virus, isn't it? It is it just, a mind it virus. It rots the brain. Yes. Well, I think this might be a glass ceiling kind of day. Why is that, Jamie? Because I think that's the first step in being able to identify as a different race. <laughs> because that's that's been banned so far. You can identify as the different sex. But not different race. Right? Yes. Yeah. Rachel Dolezal has been waiting for this day for literally years. I know. She has, yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm just saying, maybe this is a glass ceiling kind of thing for the left, that all of a sudden they're going to turn this around and say, okay, 
she is identifying as Asian, meaning maybe someone else could, even though they're not. But she is Asian. I understand. She, she literally is Asian. Yes. I understand that. But I'm just going by their words saying identify. Right? So that means maybe somebody else could identify this way. <laughs> identify as a guy from a small town in the Midwest. You because can. I am from a small town in the Midwest. Okay. But to someone that lives in a town of eight, that's a big city you grew up in. That's true. Yeah. We had a post office. <laughs> You're from one of them post office towns, city boy. <laughs> that's right. They got parking in front. <laughs> so, yeah, that is odd the way they it, turn it that. It is weird. Because you're basically you saying you can't identify whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. So, as far as classified documents, their big update today? Uh, well, the uh, Biden classified documents hoarding scandal is just kind of simmering at this point. They, they, we're, we're just waiting for another batch of documents to be found. I should note that Mike Pence, the former vice president, has come out and said, oh, yeah, we had like a dozen classified documents in my house. Yes. Which, again, I think undercuts all of the Trump warning documents. Ah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think it really does undercut all of that because I, I guarantee you all of these people have something they're not supposed to have whether it's through just negligence or they wanted a keepsake or something, which makes it all the more outrageous that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago and there was this months-long back and forth about whether or not he needs to return these documents. It's almost as if there were some political motivations behind what? Uh, the intensity of the investigation into Donald Trump keeping classified documents. Very odd. Hmm. Well... What was it? Was Corrine Jean-Pierre asked about this, and then she started yeah. talking about unemployment? Yeah, so the White House keeps saying that, but Joe Biden takes classified documents seriously, but obviously he doesn't. <laughs> and so, is going to lose it here. It's like so, the voices in her head are asking the question. So the Make-A-Wish press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, was asked why anyone should believe Biden takes this stuff seriously. Yeah. Look, the president, the American people heard from the president directly on this when he was asked by your colleagues at least twice now about um, about how he sees this process. And he was very clear with, with the response of what we're currently seeing. And he says, I take this very seriously. He said, I didn't know uh, that the documents were there. Um, and look, I think as it relates to the American people and the president standing with the American people, uh, it is going to be uh, up to them to decide uh, how they see uh, this president. Look, this is a president that came into office. Nine million people had lost their jobs. <laughs> what is that? Oh, gosh. She just went to the wrong sheet of paper. Yeah. In the folder. Wow. That's like getting into a movie like three quarters of the way through. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like the movie uh, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, right? At first you think it's a yeah, right. cool Tarantino yeah. crime movie, and then all of a sudden they hit you with vampires 45 years Yeah, it's like what happened? What just happened here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that first batch that was at the Penn Biden Center, right? And then it comes out, man, China had a bunch of money in there. I don't know. This is a totally different story, just an update. The House Oversight Committee chair, James Comer, said, we're going to be investigating the donations to that center, as well as who is purchasing Hunter Biden's artwork. Okay, we want to know the flow of money, especially with the Biden family. And he was on Fox Business this morning, 
and said this, which is pretty interesting. Look, I think most Americans would be shocked if they saw how many connections the Biden family has to people directly affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. It's it's very startling. <laughs> yeah. I bet it is. Ukraine, too. Yeah, we'll we'll see where all of that goes. Meanwhile, uh, we were talking gas prices. Will spike. Yeah. And Jennifer Granholm has something to say about that, the energy secretary. Yes. Uh, and I, I just want to say this is an interesting uh, situation that uh, the White House finds themselves in. Uh, so they're trying to blame House Republicans for rising gas prices. That makes no okay. sense. While crediting Joe Biden for lowering gas prices. Okay. And also saying that the president has no ability to do anything with gas prices. The only people, the only time anyone in government has anything to do with gas prices is when Republicans have control of the House of Representatives. Fun fact: I believe that is in the Constitution. I'm no, I'm no fancy Harvard lawyer, but I do remember that one. Yeah, it's all very difficult to keep straight. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm was asked about that, and uh, well, here, here she goes. Okay. Prices are now up 33 cents over the past month. Um, the president took credit for the prices coming down. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve, as you mentioned, is no longer releasing. Does the president get credit for the price of gas going up? Well, it's obviously based upon international and climate events. <laughs> oh, how is it hard to get this through your thick skull? When things are going well, it's all because of stuff we did. When things are going bad, well, it's a global market. You know, I, uh, nothing we can do. Yeah. By the way, that's Jennifer Granholm. She identifies as the energy secretary. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yes. I've heard that. Yeah. It, just in case you didn't know, yeah. that's and, what's happening. And I identify her as DC Grandma Hot. Oh, that's right. That's you have true. done that she before. She was the original DC Grandma she's, Hot. She's riding to the core, but she's got it going on. All right? For one guy on this show, mm-hmm. are you in agreement, Scott? No. i got to yeah. pass on this one, David, but... I can't get past her. See, I can't separate it. I can't. I think this all goes back to childhood like it does with some people. David, you grew up watching Golden Girls. Yeah. And I think there's some sort of connection there. No. I mean, that's my dime store psychology for you. Yeah, I mean, B. Arthur was a total smoke show. (laughs) Just That's the embodiment of what a woman should be. My gosh, when I was a kid, she was on mod, and I was always afraid she was going to, like, discipline me for something. She always looked mad. Wow. Well, there's a question. Were you a bad boy? (laughs) Well. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Can we get to a happy story today? You know what? This is going to, this is actually something very nice. All right. We need these every once in a while. Did you hear about this 80-year-old Air Force vet in Alabama passed away this month? No. Name was Hody Childress. Hody? Yes. H-O-D-Y. Good name. For nearly 10 years, he had been giving 100 bucks a month to his local pharmacy to just cover people who couldn't afford their medications. Wow. Right before he died, he told his kids, the only other person that knew was the pharmacist, and he swore her to secrecy. So now people know that it was actually him over the last 10 years that was paying for other people's prescriptions. Isn't that awesome? He's running the pharmacy in heaven now. (laughs) Standing up above the rest of the people. 
I'm hoping we don't have to go to the pharmacy and have it, Scott. That's, that's my hope. Yeah, there's going to be one person in there who's like, where's your mask? We're already dead. <laughs> He's probably giving vaccines there. <laughs> Did you get your booster? Yeah. Come see me, Hody. Oh, goodness. All right. Much more to get to. Uh, Gavin Newsom talking about gun violence in California. It's a really odd statement that kind of meanders. You'll have to hear this. Much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Weird statement from Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Well, this is in reaction to a couple of mass shootings in his state, which if his gun control schemes worked, then you would expect that California would be just not having to deal with anything, right? Well, it sounds like now he just wants to take away all guns. Yeah, well, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom did a quick little back and forth with Nora O'Donnell from CBS News, and boy, he backed down when she challenged him. Hmm. Nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating. I mean, the Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact. Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pact. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. And this is when the pushback comes. Yeah. Okay. But there's many people in this country that support the Second Amendment and, and our lawful gun owners. Yeah, I have great respect. I have no ideological opposition to someone reasonably and responsibly owning firearms and getting background checks and being trained. But how did he get a gun? Well, hold on a second. It's a suicide pact. Yeah. That would sound like you're not in favor. But then, oh, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah. Greasy. It's, it's, a, it's a suicide pact, but I never said I was against suicide. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is a, he's a greasy, slimy he politician. He is greasy. Yep. He's very slimy. Yeah. That, just seeing that was enough for you earlier today, David, to say the guy's never going to win. The nomination for the Democratic I Party. I don't think he can, because he doesn't believe in anything. No, he, you're right. He doesn't. All these people evolve to whatever it is that'll get him elected, right? But he changes his mind mid-sentence. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's <laughs> that a new one. That might be something, yeah. yeah. He evolves in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, while, while he's saying that, too, he's got armed guards with him, walking with him, which is rather interesting. Of course. Well, it's all cool. It's okay for me, but yes. not for you. Same way with lockdowns. That's right. Yes. All right. Karine Jean-Pierre, White House Press Secretary, is out in front taking questions again yeah. today, David. I think she's finally uh, getting into a groove, or the groove she should have been in a couple of weeks ago, when it comes to talking about Joe Biden's uh, documents hoarding, which is basically just shut up and don't say anything about it. It's wow, just, Karine got a groove back. Uh, okay. <laughs> just, just barely. All right. We know the president did it. Why did he do it? I would refer to the White House Counsel's Office. In the president's own words, he admits to having information that wasn't his. Why did he smuggle it out? I will let the, 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 the statement of the president stand for itself. I'm just not going to go into a rabbit hole, down a rabbit hole with you on this. Why did he smuggle it out? Why did he smuggle wow. it out? So really, that's, that's a question that's designed to get under her skin. Oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah, definitely. Yes. I mean, honestly, 
as infuriating and as frustrating as that might be for anybody who has any concerns about this, uh, anyone who actually wants to know what the heck happened with Biden's documents hoarding. Um, yeah, I get it. But as a if she is really representing the best interests of the White House, then that's that's the right thing to say. I'm not going oh, to disagree with that. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, we're always looking around at different news stories, right? And I mentioned a couple I saw earlier, the New York Post. And the Post, they're good at this as far as a headline to get you to click. It's clickbait. I haven't clicked on an advice column and I don't know how long. But I saw it and it said, Dear Abby, I want to divorce my husband, but he has cancer. Jeez. Would you have clicked? Oh, yes, twice. Yes. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, of course I do. You can't tease me like that and not deliver. Well, if you're like, I don't really care that much about it, I just move on. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to hear this. All right, then. Here we go. My husband and I have been married for nine years. While we were dating, he was kind, considerate, and loving. After we married, he turned into a chronic complainer, something he later confessed he had been hiding while we dated. Man, sounds like a Robin trick. Anyway. Hey, now. He talks to me like I'm trash and then gets nice when he wants something. He complains about my grown children, my best friend, and even if I leave work for a couple of minutes early, he's a miserable person. I can't do anything to make him happy. I can't take this anymore. He has taken the things away from me I love. Flowers, gardening, pets, books, friends, etc. I'm ready to leave, but he has cancer and I'd feel guilty. He's in the clear right now, but it'll come back. I don't want to stay. Life is too short to live this way. He has a great support system with his family. They'd take care of him. My health's been affected by him. And his terrible attitude. What do I do? Signed, worn out wife. What would you suppose the old advice is? Probably leave him, knowing her. David? Yeah, I I would guess probably if he's in remission, especially if the relationship's not working, it's not working. Okay. I w- all I was thinking is, hey, it, there was something at one point in time, it, would he consider counseling? Can you go talk to somebody? Can it, it, That's what I'm thinking. I want to hear the other side, too. You mean from him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear I want to hear what he has to say about her. Because you're not buying all of no, it. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, Abby says that what you do now is consult a lawyer, pack your bags, and leave before he worsens. Don't expect your husband to be grateful for any of the efforts you've made on his behalf during the course of your marriage during the time you were dating he hid from you the fact that he was a verbal abuser now you know he's a fraud don't feel guilty for protecting yourself and reclaiming your life there's no counseling to be had there's nothing like that yeah i mean well i they should have known something was up in the vowels because it was in sickness and in health until you get annoyed right then you leave you start complaining like chronically get out of here Oh, I wanted you also know. I mean, just make it real quick, David. That is a very cool shirt. It takes guts to wear that with the rubber ducks on it. Oh yeah, it's a cool thing. And Robbins, I love your hat and your hoodie. They match together. The lighter blue with the navy blue. What was so all this about? Uh, today's National Compliment Day. I was going to say, there's got to be a reason for this. Just, never happens. Just pass it on, okay? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. It's a little small. Okay, what is the biggest story of the day, David? Uh, biggest story of the day, I guess now, is that Merrick Garland's going to have his hands full because all these people have classified documents and 
I don't know if the poor little fella can take much more of this. That is a great question. Because it what it was just yesterday he had to answer questions and he said he didn't show favoritism one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, ensure that we adhere to the rule of law. These mean, among other things, that we do not have different rules for Democrats or Republicans, different rules for the powerful or the powerless, different rules for the rich or for the poor. Right. So yeah, we'll see what he has to say. Uh, that is what we uh, uh, always do, and yeah. that is what we do. Okay. In the- uh, Scott Robbins, trifecta, you all ready? Yep. Scott's top three of the day in the news update next. Jamie Markley, that's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I mean, you got the Make-A-Wish press secretary out there just finally kind of understanding how this whole thing is really supposed to work when your boss is involved in a potentially explosive legal situation, and that is you shut up and don't say a thing. (laughs) That's it. That's what you do. It's frustrating. I get it. It's frustrating for those of us who want some answers with the Biden documents hoarding. But yes, it is frustrating. But if you put yourself in the position of advising one of these people, you would say, yeah. don't say anything. But due to legalities, I can't speak on that. Right. That's it. So here is uh, from today's briefing. It's uh, Peter Ducey asking her the tough questions. We know the president did it. Why did he do it? I would refer to the White House Counsel's Office. In the President's own words, he admits to having information that wasn't his. Why did he smuggle it out? I will let the the statement of the President stand for itself. I'm just not going to go into a rabbit hole, down a rabbit hole with you on this. Move on. (laughs) Yep. That's how how an actually competent uh, communications professional handles something like that. Hey, you got to talk to lawyers about that. I'm not. I'm not going to address it from here. We're going to talk about other things. Yeah, Somebody, I can't help it, man. Does anybody else? Does this remind you at all of Marshawn Lynch? I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. <laughs> that was the answer to everything. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, true. There's a montage somewhere with him doing that. It was hilarious. Marshawn, are you concerned about getting fined for your hat? You know why I'm here. Marshawn, how are you feeling today? Marshawn, why do you have to be a jerk to all of us? Marshawn, how are you feeling today? You know why I'm here. Yeah, that's what he followed it up. You know why I'm here. So I don't get fined. Of course. I can't talk about it. Yeah. The same thing over and over. Yeah, Miss Press Secretary, this is Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn Lynch would this. be a better press secretary. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see it. <laughs> it would be incredible. You know what? Sometimes you'll see a story that just ticks you off before you get to your trifecta. Mm-hmm. I just happened to see this. I don't know if you'd heard about it. What was this? Daily Wire? Army soldier was fired last year because he refused the vaccine. Which was ridiculous enough in itself that that ever happened. He's been forced to pay back his signing bonus. No. Yes. The Defense Department discharged more than 8,400 troops from the military 
including over 3,000 Marines, 1,800 soldiers, 1,800 sailors, 900 airmen, all because they didn't get the vaccine. And the guy said, I've deployed multiple times. I feel like the last thing I had was selling leave days that I had earned and was never able to take due to being deployed or needing that time to prepare for the training cycle. And there would have been a nice buffer in my rainy day fund to keep me afloat until I found new employment after this happened. But they took away $4,000 because he had received a $7,000 signing bonus when he signed up six years ago. Wow. Well, you didn't, you didn't make it all the way through, so we get that money back. Even yeah. though we fired you because you wouldn't get the vaccine. That, That's despicable. That, that doesn't stop you from getting COVID or spreading COVID. Correct. That is. That's reprehensible. That's the first thing, you know, if, if, you know, Republicans can stop stepping on the rake constantly and if Republicans do take over the White House and the House and the Senate, day one, first order of business, make these people whole. Absolutely. Before another dollar goes to Ukraine, anything else, make it right with those men and women. 100% agree. Unreal. Are right, you ready for your big three rounds? Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, the Scott Robbins trifecta always helped by his hero in life. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Casey, Casey. Good. All right. I'm ready. Always. Here. Three. Well, what's number three, Scott? Oh, that's right, because we didn't talk about this. <laughs> we didn't talk about it before. We got very busy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is a good versus evil story involving Mark Hamill. You remember Mark Hamill, don't you? Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, yeah. of course. Well, he committed a cardinal sin. Now, he's a big woke guy, you know. He's been woke for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a tweet war going on between J.K. Rowling and a trans activist named India Willoughby. Okay. She tweeted out, I'm more of a woman than J.K. Rowling will ever be. Uh-oh. J.K. Rowling responded, citation needed. <laughs> Mark Hamill liked it. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. Mark Hamill likes a tweet from J.K. Rowling. The internet has lost their mind now, as usual, claiming he has done this once before. So this incident, by the way, is no accident. He obviously supports transphobia. <laughs> Mark Hamill likes a tweet of J.K. Rowling. How can that be? <laughs> we, now, this is my favorite response to it, too, by the way. Mark, I've been a fan of yours for decades. Yet this makes me question all, in all caps, of that decision. Can you explain? J.K. Rowling, okay, J.K. Rowling has been the keystone of a genocidal movement to erase trans folks, <laughs> including non-binaries like me. Please tell us you're not with them. Mark, please. <laughs> genocidal. Holy cow, man. Harry Potter and the genocide against trans people. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Okay. All right, there you go. That's so that's like the yeah. Harry Potter and Star Wars Star Wars world collide. Sort yeah, of thing. they have. They've collided. Yes. Hamill, by the way, has not responded yet. I look for him to go. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. It'll be. He'll 
pander, I'm sure. All right, story number two today. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> what? The whole Star Wars thing. Still, I know, you can't wrap your head around it. It's so Welcome stupid. Welcome to the dork side. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day yeah. up to two. There's a piece in the Times. University of Oxford professor Suzanne Jeb has a bone to pick with food or those who support it, particularly the sweet foods. She claims in this article now that bringing cake into the office should be seen as harmful to your colleagues in the same way as passive smoking and secondhand smoke. Wow. She said, you got to watch what you bring in. Diabetes is on the rise, and it's because you people keep baking cakes for birthdays and giving them out to people at work. <laughs> you bastards. It's like, is it secondhand confections now, or what? <laughs> I... Apparently, somebody has a gun to your head and makes you take a big yeah. piece of cake, too, <laughs> while you're there. I don't know. Well, what if the person... I don't even know if I can play the other side. I can try. <laughs> well, okay, go ahead. Well, if if that's your addiction and you're trying to do better, I mean, you're around then the enticement. Look, dude. You're being tempted. If you're addicted to birthday cake, work from home, okay? <laughs> Just saying, man. I can't go buy a birthday cake without wanting to eat it. <laughs> there should be birthday cake-free zones. Have you ever had to watch what you eat and then there was something that you couldn't eat and then it was put in front of you? That made it worse. Mm, no. This never happened. I don't think something put in front of me that I couldn't eat. Well, maybe it was like... I was going to say, well, you've never been on a diet. Well, I have been. But, have you? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I don't eat anymore that I ate a lot of before. Such as? Like a lot of deep fat fried foods. I don't oh. eat a lot of them anymore. Some, though. Some, but not very often. Not as often yeah, as you do, the portions are just smaller. No, but what well, if you couldn't have it at all? What if you had an allergy? A food allergy? Yeah. Well, the cake. Well, then I stay away from the. <laughs> I stay away from the. the room okay, I'm to, done. I can't go on with this. Can't. I've been just. I mean, there's anyway. usually a central location where they cut the cake. <laughs> <laughs> you go in with a little plate, and they put some on there. There's a third one. Yes, it's the Scott put Robbins. Put the plate down. Trifecta. Okay, yes, Scott's top three stories of the day, yeah. and up to number one. Well, this is another health story. It comes to us from Canada. The health priorities in Justin Trudeau's world. Only two drinks a week. He's going to decriminalize meth, opioids, and crack next week. But there's a big push on going right now in Canada. Justin Trudeau is at the helm, crushing more freedoms. Now he's saying, look, you people, I'm going to introduce some of the strictest guidelines on alcohol consumption in the Western world. Well, hold on a second. Is this for real? This is for real. The government is now recommending in Canada... No more than two drinks per week. With a recommendation. No amount of alcohol is safe, they say. They need to intervene, they will. Drinking less is better. And if you must drink, drunkard, two drinks maximum each week. No amount of alcohol is safe. Let me report that and repeat it. Canadian government, they say, have spent years working on this report. And they've now issued it to the people of Canada just weeks after decriminalizing heroin, crack, and cocaine. <laughs> that part's a joke. No, it's not in parts of the country. Of wow. Canada. No, it's been decriminalized. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Don't drink yeah, more but, than two. But no more than four hits off the crack pipe a week, okay? A week. Moderation yeah. is key. Yeah. 
And meth, too, Dave. And if there's one thing that meth freaks and crackheads know, it's moderation. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you never hear that, do you? No. I only smoke meth after I eat. No, again, I mean, no, nobody, nobody smokes crack casually. It's not, yeah. it's not one of the... Occasionally, you know, like, I, it's like you hear some people say, you know, I, I might smoke if I have a glass of wine or if I have a beer right, right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, or yeah. I might drink when I'm barbecuing. Nobody's yes. like, yes, I, I only smoke crack after I visit the gym. It's a, it's a reward to myself. Yeah. Right. Me and my buddy stopped by the crack house on the way home from work. Mm -hmm. yes. Watched a little football, smoked a little crack. <laughs> well, What's and the there you video? have it. There you go. That's trifecta. Ow. Yeah, the guy was on the straight and narrow. Someone brought birthday cake into the office. He had it. He's like, man, I love crack pipe with the cake. And then it was this downward spiral. <laughs> I only smoke I only smoke crack when I eat birthday cake. Yeah, that's, that's right. Because right. it reminds me of my childhood and how awful it was. With frosting, suck a pipe. All right, got it. But after I suck on the pipe, only two beers. Right. That's it. Cut it off there. That's it. All right. Gotta get to a news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead, right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I'm trying to understand, man. Yeah. Okay, so we found out today Mike Pence had classified documents in his home. Yeah. Right. And this probably flew by me earlier because you broke the story, David, on this show. Like, hey, man, this just happened. So I'm thinking to myself, so Pence, maybe he's thinking, man, do I have any of these around? So he finds them and he wants to be upfront about it, right? Hey, found these. I'm looking at another version of the story that says, well, first of all, Pence had denied it before. I don't have any classified documents. Yeah, it was okay. an interview, was that with CBS or something like that? And as the story goes, a lawyer for Pence found it. Okay. If it's in your home, you need a lawyer to search for it? Why don't you search for it yourself? Probably because you want some level of separation. How so? Because you want to be able to say, well, look, I wasn't going through my personal stuff alone. There was somebody else there. There's a witness to it. Well, if you're going through it by yourself and you don't find anything, yeah. you're cool. If you find something, you say, holy smokes, I got this. I got to turn it back in. Yeah, but the lawyer might actually know where to turn it back in to and who to notify. You were the vice president. Yeah. <laughs> How hard is it? Well, what, these guys got lawyers walking around their house all that's, the time? That's the thing I don't get. That it's is like, like Molly so, maids, Molly lawyers. That's all out of my mindset of you need a lawyer to do that? I don't. Mr. I can't Pence, relate to it. Uh, I ran the vacuum behind your desk. I happened to come across these. I think <laughs> that'd be one thing if it was like somebody. All right, we got Molly Maids coming and they're cleaning it. Oh my gosh, this said classified on it. You might want to know this. Oh, okay. But you know, I didn't trust myself to go through stuff. And maybe there's another explanation that I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. It does make sense to you, David. Yeah, I think probably for some legal liability, you want somebody else doing it. Okay. 
Well, when they actually find it then, <laughs> it would look a lot better if it wasn't your lawyer that found it after you said there was none. Would you agree? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You don't agree, David. You think I'm making too much out of it. I well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just that it's a different world that they live in. It is. And when it's you're one about, that we can't relate to. You know, classified information and whatnot. I think, yes, he definitely got out in front of himself when he was... Um, when he said that he didn't take anything from his time in the White House and all of that, but whatever network he did that interview on, and he said that, definitely got out in front of himself on that. But I guarantee you the thing that was going through his mind was, oh, crap. (laughs) But when when all this stuff started with Biden, it's like, uh, uh uh-oh, okay, uh, legal team, assemble. Yeah, I guess. All right. More on that later. we got to get to Nimrod. So this is a wild one. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Back to back. Florida today. We start with Carmela Ann Maines. She's 57. Taken into custody in Clearwater. She failed to show up to court for facing, what was it, shoplifting charges? Here's the thing, though. She is being processed in the Pinellas County Jail. Body scan reveals an anomaly in that area down there. Oh, boy. Okay, so officials conducted a strip search, and they found, uh, reading from the police report, a glass crack pipe that was protruding from the defendant's vagina. Well, so they removed it, and she grabbed it and threw it on the ground and tried to step on it to try to destroy the evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she said, hey, listen, it's not what it looks. It's actually a sex toy. And, and saying, a crack pipe. They said, well, but it's consistent with a pipe there, and it has burnt markings on it. Well, you don't know. Save what, it. That Save tell, it. That didn't tell me okay. <laughs> Don't even. There was some friction involved. <laughs> don't. Right? don't. No. I got it from Hunter Biden. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, she's in a lot of trouble. Yikes. Yeah, buddy. And police in Florida still looking for a dude that broke into Joe's Crab Shack the other night. Found some documents? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Uh, but at one point, he put on a hat and took a dump in the middle. Oh, the, and they're still looking for him, and that's Nimrod's in the news. <laughs>